It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many American children experience complex trauma resulting from abuse, neglect, catastrophic illness, or other adversity. Traumatic experiences can initiate emotions and physical reactions that can persist long after the event. Today's guest, Dr. Donna Bevan Lee, knows firsthand the devastating impact of childhood trauma. She suffered through years of abuse that had profound and lasting consequences. Dr. Bevan Lee joins us today to discuss how we can discharge childhood trauma to develop freedom as an adult. Dr. Bevan Lee is a psychotherapist whose flagship program, The Legacy Workshop, has helped thousands of survivors and is the basis of the methods in her book, Iron Legacy, Childhood Trauma, and Adult Transformation. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Donna, I want to start off by talking about your childhood. You grew up in a Mormon household. Can you tell us about your family? Uh, yes, I can. I'm, I'm older, so I was born in 1950, and it was a little different then than it is now. But my father was, he grew up on a reservation out west, and he fancied himself a rodeo cowboy and wanted to be a rodeo cowboy all of his life. My mother was a, you know, a direct descendant of the Mormon pioneers, and they got together and there we were but one of the one of the things about my father was that growing up on the reservation there weren't any real uh, law enforcement there so it was kind of a free for all and so when he had us when they had us kids it was a free for all when they would you know when we would get uh, when we acted our age so when we were act- busy acting our age and it didn't fit with his idea about how we should behave it got pretty rough. My mother, on the other hand, was, you know, a dutiful Mormon wife who, you know, was afraid. She was afraid and she was in pain most of the time. And, and you know, without getting into any extreme uh, situations, um, I can say that that experience growing up Mormon in you know, little Mormon enclaves all over the place because we moved a lot because uh, my father was uh, following rodeos. We were always like the what you would imagine little Mormon kids looking like, clean as a whistle, uh, little, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, dutiful, obedient little kids. And we did our best. But when I, you know, I was the oldest, so I got it the worst. And uh, that led me into a situation where I was forced to go to counseling in order to stay in college because I was out of control. And that going into counseling was the first time I'd ever heard of that. Like, what is that? But that's what I was forced to do. And while I was in counseling, that's when I realized that 
this isn't the way we did things, the way that he, you know, took care of the situation. That wasn't good for us. And I changed majors and went into psychology. Donna, when you were a child, did this Mm -hmm. seem normal to you? Did, Did you just think that this is what took place in everyone's household? I did because we were isolated all of the time. So I didn't really have anything to to look at, you know, to to say, oh, this isn't normal, because I thought it was. Did you think anyone outside of the home, looking back now, do do, do you think anyone knew what was going on there? I know that people knew what was going on now. My aunts told me that they, they begged my mother to come back to Utah, and my grandparents tried to get her to move in with them and leave him. But she wouldn't do that because she felt like this was her duty and this was her lot in life. There was a really wonderful woman who, uh, when I was in high school, I was a friend of her daughter, and she was a nurse. And she used to be just so kind to me, and I never quite understood that until later when I realized that she knew what was going on because I had welts all over my legs one day. Well, you said it was a different time back then. How much do you think played into that with with people, outsiders, not getting involved in what took place in a home? That's what we were told. It's like everybody, you know, stayed in their own environment. Uh, We didn't, quote, unquote, uh, air our dirty laundry. And, you know, kids, they, you know, once once the uh, school counselor asked me why I was acting out so much at school, because I was a straight-A student, but I was a problem child, and... I finally, he told me I could tell him anything and that it would stay between us. So I told him what was going on. And that day when I got home, he'd called my father and told him. And so it was a brutal, brutal afternoon. We'll mm-hmm. just say that. Donna, was there ever a time when you were still in that home that the abuse would stop? No, not till I left. And what about your siblings? Did they go through the same thing that you did? Siblings of people who are being abused, they, they're going through it in the same way that the, the one who's being abused, they, they experience the same reality. So they are terrified, too. They're in pain, too. They're afraid. They're very afraid. And they also have survivor guilt. So even if they weren't, you know, in a way, I, I always feel like I probably was the lucky one because I got it really bad. But when, by the time I got out of the house and realized that that wasn't okay, I had something that I could, con, you know, that was concrete that said, that's not okay. And this is what happened to me. And I could talk about it in concrete terms. My siblings that, that did not experience this, um, they just felt guilty that yeah. they, they felt like they should have stopped it or they could have done something or if they would have been more perfect or, you know, whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. and so they've had a bigger struggle than I did. What did you experience as you got older? How did this shape who you became? Well, um, like I said, I was I was in distress. I used, uh, you know, I used drugs, alcohol, everything that young people do to try and not have the feelings I was having. And eventually, because, you know, for whatever reason, I can't tolerate. I was always, everyone knew that I was a cheap drunk because I couldn't tolerate the drug. And so I stopped drinking at an early age. And that's when it really hit me that I was pretty broken from growing up in that environment, that I wasn't really capable of being in relationships, that I wasn't, you know, I thought 
I was already a therapist, and I thought, what am I doing being a therapist when I can't even get my own life together? And, and you know, things started to become more clear to me, and that's when I realized that, okay, all this, you know, we, we had the DSM, the first DSM, or, okay, we come in, you know, people come in, they, they get diagnosed with depression or bipolar at that time it was called manic depression or whatever and then we treat the symptoms and I thought that is so not right Mm -hmm. you know I thought okay we need to treat the symptoms but once the symptoms are managed we need to go find out why this happened to people and Mm -hmm. since then all of the research has shown that almost every diagnosis in the diagnostic and statistical manual can be traced back to childhood trauma. Now, I knew that at 27. It, you know, it hit me then, and that's when I started doing the work I do, I do now. But now there is empirical evidence that children's brains are negatively impacted by childhood trauma, abandonment, and abuse, and neglect. And so, you know, that's such an important note because we've been talking about abuse that you sustained as a child, but we all go through different types of traumas. And and I would think that, you know, if you were teased as a child or something that it it just has a a lasting impact on forming the adult you become, it's that inner child that's wounded. And do you think a lot of times we don't want to do that deep work because we're afraid of what we might uncover? Yeah. Almost everybody has said that to me. You know, when they... when they would say, go into my legacy workshop, I, and they'd say, oh, I'm so afraid. I'm so nervous about doing this. I'm so afraid. And I'd say, you've already been through what you're going to talk about. You're all, you've already been through what you're, you're going to be dealing with. So you've gone through the hard part already. And, of course, you're afraid because you were always afraid. And now we're going to talk about the things that you were afraid of. And, you know, my goal in working with people, whether it's in Legacy Workshop or whether it's people who are reading my book, and that is to help them get out of their wounded child ego state, we call that, or adapted adult child ego state, where, you know, they can't act their age anymore. You mm-hmm. know, it's helpful when, if you're 40 years old, if you act like a 40-year-old. Right. And so, you know, it's like if you have those kinds of wounds, of course, you're going to be afraid to go in there, walk in there, embrace those demons. But when you do, all of a sudden you realize, oh, well, I'm acting like an adult now. Right. I don't need to be scared all the time. Donna, is it a fair statement to make? And I'll use myself for example, for an example. So two years before I was born, my 14-year-old brother passed away. And so that was a oh. trauma my family experienced, my parents and my sister. Yes. And then I was mm-hmm. born, even mm-hmm. though I can look back and say, well, I didn't lose my brother, but I was still part of that trauma, correct? And that could have wounded me in some way. And I bring this up because someone might be saying to themselves, well, I never experienced anything directly, but can that family trauma have the same impact? You know, that you're absolutely right. It ha- in fact, it has a bigger impact, and I'll tell you why, is that your mother was in deep grief when you were in her womb and when you were born. And so all of that emotional energy and, you know, emotions just are human energy, right? You've, that's what motivates us, our emotions. And so if you 
have a parent. If you're in a womb of somebody who's in that kind of grief, yes, indeed, you are going to be impacted in a big way because all those feelings that your mother is having, pain, the suffering, the grief, are all going into your body. And so that's why it's important for anyone who wants to do the deep work to not only look at Mm -hmm. their life, but to look at what's happened within that family. family. Mm -hmm. Yes. And You know, sometimes, like I said, if you have physical abuse or sexual abuse, it's good concrete evidence that there was abuse. But if you are abandoned, let's say you're abandoned because your mother or your father had long-term illness, you were abandoned. And and you might have been moved into a position where you're also a parent, a little parent of the parent. Mm -hmm. And so that impacts and interferes with your own development. And that's what causes a person to become then, you know, what we call adapted adult child. Looks like, you know, you're 13 and you're already doing adult things and listening to your parents' sadness and pain and all that kind of deal. It impacts your brain's development. We understand the importance of looking back and and getting an understanding of of what we've gone through in our Uh past. And once we have that understanding, how do we break the cycle? How do we heal from this? Well, you know, and that's what that's always been one of my concerns about some of the treatment, quote unquote, uh, that people get is that they talk about it and I talk about it and talk about it. What I say till the cows come home and they still don't feel better. And that's because they haven't had the opportunity or the guidance to go through the emotional energy that they pick up from their parents. For instance, so you were born and when your mother was in deep and profound grief your whole family still was because you you lose a child you don't get over that if you just accommodate it somehow but it takes a long long time so your mother's in deep and profound grief so when you come out of the womb you've got all that grief that sadness the pain whatever else your mother was feeling you've got it like on you literally on you because it's emotional energy so you start to do say work around that and you realize that oh you know this is what happened in my family and this is how it is and you talk about it talk about it talk about it but at some point you need to be able to get rid of that emotional energy that didn't belong to you in the first place because you're right you didn't know this person he wasn't in your life He was in your family's life, but he wasn't in your personal life. And so you didn't feel all that grief when he left because you never had him to start with. So once you are able to unload, what I call unload, all that emotional energy, all that pain, that sadness that you're carrying around for your mother and probably your father, maybe some of your sister too, it's like once you're able to unload that and you don't have that anymore, you feel free. It really That's gives you an understanding, Donna, of why you do the things you do, because I became a people pleaser, an overachiever, yeah. because I didn't want to of rock course. the boat. And so when you really start to unravel mm. where you've been and, and your family's history, you're mm-hmm. right. That's the beginning of healing. And, and yes. unfortunately, so many people just mask it with a pill. That's right. They mask it or they deal with the, you know, they, they treat the symptoms. So that they don't have all that symptomatology anymore. So maybe they don't feel so bad or whatever, but then they're just stuck in their life and they can't move through it. Mm -hmm. And they always know that something's in the way. How long, Donna, did it take for you to be able to trust someone and and have a relationship? Well, um, it took me many years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I 
I'd say that um, probably when I was in my mid-30s, when I decided that I wasn't dangerous in making that decision, right? Well, there's a lot to overcome, Donna, because when you're, I mean, when you're abused the way you were, or if someone is just bullied or called names or whatever it may be that you've gone through, you you, you tend to tell yourself, this is what you deserve. You've done something wrong. Uh You're not a good person. And so Uh to allow yourself to be loved is is a major step in someone's life after you've been through mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It is. And you're right. You know, you think, well, this is what I deserve. I don't deserve anything else. I'm a piece of crap that people have to walk around on a on the sidewalk, right? But, you know, people ask me when they when they come to me and they say, how long is this going to take? And I say, well, you've got to get up and do something every day. You might as well do something that will help you in the long run. And if it takes a year or two years or three years, at some point you will get there if you stick with it. And I've seen miraculous, I mean, people change and grow in ways that I could—I never would have believed. You know, Donna, we live in this society where everyone wants a quick fix. Is it fair to say that this is a lifelong process? I mean, I know it for is. myself with the grief I've been through and—, and you have a, a stretch of time where you feel great, and then, boy, one thing can trigger you and send you right back. Mm-hmm. So you need to then right. pull out all of your tools and do the work again. Mm-hmm. So you're always doing the work. Well, you also can, if you've really, like, gotten through the the big T, what we call big T and little T, big trauma, little trauma. Mm-hmm. It's like if you've gotten through those and you've been able to unload all the emotional energy that you carry for other people, then when you get triggered— you know you're triggered, and you say, okay, wait a minute. I got to grow myself up here, get my own age. So like I would say, if it were me, I'd say, oh, wait, I'm 72 or 73. I I don't, you know, this is not happening to me right now. Mm-hmm. I can take a minute and feel my age. And and I, I help people do this by saying, okay, let's let's write down all the things you are now. Like if you're 45 and say you're a mother or a father and you have a job and you make money and you, you know, go on vacations or you ski or you, you know, it's like you talk about, you identify all the things you are now. And when you get triggered, rather than going into that emotional state, you say, stop, and you get that that little you know, thing out and you say, I'm 45 and I have children and I am married and I drive a car and I do all these things that 45 year old people do. I'm not wounded. I'm not that wounded person anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, just like a physical injury, if you have like a compound fracture in your arm, okay, for the rest of your life, that's going to be a wound. Now, hope, you know, hopefully you've gotten it treated, it's healed, but as you age, you might notice that arthritis would set in and you would start to have pain if you turn, you know, if you move a certain way or whatever. And that's the same as an emotional wound. It's always going to, you know, it stabs over, but it's always going to be one of those places where it could get, it could get sore again. For me, it was... um learning how to write a new story because I clung so tightly to the expectations of how I thought things were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I got rid of those words supposed to be because that was causing 
me so much pain because life Mm -hmm. rarely turns out as it's supposed to be. But once you allow yourself to rewrite a new story, you know, that's really what saved me. And that's a really good point because what you did was you said, I don't have to be the, you know, the focus or the result of pain and suffering. I can be who I want to be. And that, that's the freedom I'm talking about. The book is Iron Legacy, Childhood Trauma, and Adult Transformation. Donna, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? They can go to my website at DonnaBevanLee.com. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.